There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. We're live with The Woke Man series, the greatest case study on man. I'm here with my woke brother, Mitchell Villani. How are you, my man? I am fantastic, my brother. Good to see you. <laughs> That's good, man. It's good to see you too. We've had a, a good chat, 20, actually 24 minutes worth of chit-chat before we got going. Just catching up on life, talking about what's happening, yeah. bit of giggles, bit of LOLing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, for those listening now is we were just, I really wanted to paint this picture of like, to, to just reiterate the point of like what a conscious man is. I know you've been personally going through some shit recently. So this is by no means, this woke man series is by no means a destination that we are better than anyone else, that we are better than unconscious men, that we are more woke than others. This is not the case. We are on a reflective journey looking to establish more self-awareness and cultivating more internal happiness as men and breaking that old paradigm of what it means to be a man. And I just really want to reiterate that to people listening. And uh, if Mitch, do you want to throw any two, your two cents in on that point? Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because like I've, that you've already interviewed a few other men before me and I've seen the pictures of them. And I think you know, we can project our insecurities and judgment on ourselves. So I've seen these men, I'm like, man, cause I have been going through some tough stuff recently. I'm like, I don't know if I'm kind of worthy to be on a call right now. Like mm-hmm. I've been going through some stuff. Like I'm not at that destination to be from a place of, you know, sharing mm-hmm. as a conscious man. But then the consciousness kicked in on that thought. I was like, dude, it's all about the journey. Um, mm-hmm. It's sharing, you know, I think vulnerability being real as you know real as fuck to just say hey i'm hurting sometimes i go through you know my battles also and that's okay and i think when we can be from a place of just authentic and real we're able to connect a lot more with others and create that consciousness together otherwise you're always looking up to other people and it creates that ego in your mind. So I'm really glad to be here in the state I'm in and in the season I'm in as well to be yeah. just to be real with you at your listeners as well. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, bro. And that's it. Like we're, um, we, this, 
like if you think about what a conscious man is, and this is one of the questions I'm going to ask you in a sec, but like it is just about a level of self-awareness and a willingness to go within to figure out the answers to the external problems is we're constantly as men um, being tough, putting up the, the, the face mask, the shield, the veil and it, pulling in external sources and, you know, acting in a way that doesn't enhance the well-being of ourselves and, and others around us. And this is by all means a way to show what conscious men look like and how they've, uh, taken their steps in their life to go from an unconscious person, because that's one of the questions, unconscious person to a conscious person and what that looks like. And there's an interesting pattern so far. So before we, you know, talk the ears off everyone without, you know, going into the questions, let's just start there. And I think we'll answer a lot of the uh, things I'm actually talking <laughs> about. So first things first, brother, we've got quick fire questions. There's going to be nine of them. That's just to get to understand your perspective on things, your understanding, your philosophy. And then we'll go into the main questions where we get real. You ready to roll? Let's do it. Awesome, brother. So first question, where did you grow up and where do you live now? I grew up in South Australia, Adelaide, and I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) So did you say Radelaide? Radelaide, yes, where the rad people live, absolutely. (laughs) The The city of churches? That's it, man. You know, you know it better than me. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, a lot of people talk shit about it, so that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we're, cool. a bit of a, we're a bit of a big country kind of town, mm. to be it's honest. Like, Perth. It's, it's a bit of Perth vibe, right? Yeah, a little, and we're getting a bit of Melbourne vibe now, but ah, it's, yeah. it's a good – I love it. Like, I've, I've travelled around the world, and every time I come home, it's just it, – it is it – is, quite a special place you've you've got the melbourne vibe you've got the you've got the uh cafe racer like you've got the new balance look at you've got the leather couch in the background like you've got the melbourne vibe yeah. you brought melbourne to, i think you brought melbourne to adelaide yeah i am melbourne what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> anyway man next question uh what, what do you do for a living right now uh, i'm a detoxification specialist bro so <laughs> i'm an iron i am an iridologist and sclerologist as well mm-hmm. so that's how i assess one's overall health so mm-hmm. i basically you could say in a nutshell health consultant but what mm-hmm. i do with that is i help people to detox and heal from chronic issues yeah yeah so, that's cool man yeah. and i i love what you do too um what's one thing you're really good at poor uh one thing there's so many um, <laughs> you know what deep oh, chats deep ah, deep chats like D- dnms like I really this I can connect. Uh, I'm not good at surface level chatting. Like, yeah. take me to a party. How are you doing? Like, I'm bored as I really want to leave. But as mm. soon as I can get real with someone, I'm all in. So yeah. I'd say that's yeah. I love that, bro. That's so interesting because a lot of the que- a lot of the answers to this question have been uh, I'm a really good listener, and so that's a mm. big part of deep conversations. A good listener, isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's an interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting pattern happening. Um, all right, next question. What's your biggest fear? Biggest fear. Mm. I would say, and this has gone a bit deep, but if I was to pass away, and to be able to then. I know it'd be, it'd be awful for a creator to do this, but to look back on my life and knowing that I could have done more mm. uh, or been, or didn't even come close to reaching my potential. Mm-hmm. That would, 
that would be a, a fear of mine. Wow. And I think on the on the, the flip side of that, what holds me back from reaching that that potential, the the growth of who I am in the consciousness I am is fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's that's a big one, man. I think that the fear of judgment is is limiting you to the fear of reaching your true potential, which would be the the last thing you'd want your biggest regret to say is if you were to meet your the creator and say why didn't you live up to your potential well it's because i was scared mm. of what others think mm. wow yeah. man that's yeah. cool i respect that i'm with you on that what's your favorite quote um for health wise uh, at the moment uh the the solution to pollution is dilution um, solution so- to pollution is dilution what does that mean so basically, a lot of people are over toxic, a lot of acids in the body, pathogens, heavy metals, things of this nature. But due to that, we're very dehydrated. So wow. dilute the body with good, you know, living juices from fruits and vegetables with water, purified water, coconut water. Dilute your body to get rid of the acids. Wow, that's a, that's a fun, fun quote. I, I love. Um, that's like a that's like a Hippocrates twentieth twenty first century Hippocrates quote. Isn't it? It's a, it's a little bit of a whole, yeah. um, Hippocrates vibe there. Yeah, yeah. And then I just think a, a fun one that I love uh, that my uncle um, had just says is just all good. All good. It's simple, man. All good. Yeah. All good. Um, like yeah. A deeper it's, level of faith so in it. Yeah. Yeah. Just trust. All good. The solution good. to pollution is dilution. All good. Cool, man. <laughs> like that. Uh, what is a conscious man to you? Yeah, good question. Uh, so on a simple format is I believe a conscious man knows, no, it's, it's about knowing thyself, you know, know thyself is a huge part of consciousness. And to know thyself means to know, you know, not just the good qualities, but the bad, like, or, you know, or just the real of every experience to be able to embrace every experience. I think that's, that's where unconsciousness kicks in for me in even in my journey when things aren't going too well aren't going to plan um i unconsciously want to shut off from that and do things that don't serve me in in a, in a general well-being but yeah. when i'm conscious of the bad experience knowing that there's a lesson in there there's a blessing in there and there's also a lesson and a blessing in the good times mm-hmm. and the times that aren't so good then when i can have that outlook and that perspective and know that i'm always growing regardless i think that brings a level of consciousness because now you are aware of it and i believe knowing your thoughts is a big one for me as well Mm. to to know thyself should be know thy thoughts when you know your thoughts you know your words Mm. you know your words you know your actions and then you know your habits so yeah Mm -hmm. being very just being aware of just everything, your external and internal environments. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, yeah. man. Uh, what's one thing that challenges you right now? <clears throat> uh, I believe what challenges me right now is is me mm-hmm. every time. Uh, is is that little boy that that lives within in my my psyche of wanting to be, you know, not do the things that are necessary not do the sacrificial things to help me get ahead rather it wants to just be comfortable and play all the time and Mm. not do like heaps of emails or do the things or study and stuff like that there's always that battle there for me so the hard is just basically getting my my kind of man 
consciousness up and just telling the little boy, loving it and saying, I love you so much. You're so awesome. Right now is not the time. Let's step up. This is going to serve you and me. Yeah. That's the conversation, not, not criticizing it, not telling it off, but loving it and nurturing it so that when it does come to play time, when it does come to chill time and me time, I'm fully present. So I think right now that's a battle that I'm aware of yeah. and I'm challenged with quite consistently because I'm actually transitioning in business at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a lot of energy in that. So, yeah. Mm, wow. That's cool. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's almost like a self-sabotaging act to stay comfortable. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. So next question, what's unconditional love mean to you? Uh, to me, the only form of unconditional love that I experience is from the Godhead, uh, is from uh, the Creator, uh, the All-Knowing. Um, and for me, it's never a place of judgment or shame or anything like this for knowing that, you know, we missed the mark. <clears throat> um, you know, I do come from a, an upbringing in a Christian uh, family but there was a lot of religiosity in that, that I had to unlearn to get into a state of uh, consciousness of Christ consciousness for me. Mm. And, you know, the term sin is used a lot to bring it a a love condition. You know, that's what for me, religion is like, if you do these things, right, you will be rewarded. Okay. So conditional love. Yeah. Yes. A condition. If you do this, I'll love you. It's a reward system, but that's not the truth. Yeah, there's a thing called sin, but all sin means is like an archer. That's what it means. As an archer misses the target, misses the bullseye. If you miss the bullseye, it's called a sin. Wow. Okay. So God, God's like level of the creator's level of pure love and doing everything right. We're never going to be able to meet that mark ever. Like we, we're human. We, we have our faults. We have our, our um, you know, things that aren't always right, but that's okay because unconditional love is the only thing that brings us back up. Unconditional love is the only thing that actually pulls out the gold within us, actually reminds us of our true identity, regardless of what we've done or what's, or what we're doing. Uh, love is what transforms us into the best version of ourselves. Judgment is a thing that actually brings more shame and shame causes more of the perpetual of what you're doing. So mm. yeah, I, I, for me, I've only ever experienced unconditional love when I know the truth of who my creator is and that's what pulls me out of my funks my my thing so yeah it's it's regardless of what you're doing mm-hmm. it doesn't see that it does it, it it doesn't it forgets it like that like because so it sees you for who you truly are yeah it, it doesn't see the actions it sees the, you and wow. only you and go because and that unconditional love only reminds you of that only wow. keeps talking to that part of you to build that up. Yeah. And when that gets built up even more, and when we actually actually, that's what I call our true identity, unconditional love builds true identity, full stop. Yeah. Conditional love actually kind of plays around with the ego and uh, consciousness as well. Yeah. So it's, a, and I have never really, I find that hard in myself to give unconditional love to people because mm-hmm. I'm human. I think there's a place of like, we just judge. It is a place that we just kind of go to and we have to be consciousness of our judgment. But only have I ever experienced unconditional love from God. Mm-hmm. So, 
Wow. Well, yeah. man, that's probably been the most in-depth response to that question yet, and it's been a good one. But that leads me into the next question, the last question of the quick fire round, which is an obvious yes. Do you believe in a greater power, and what is that power to you? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, I believe, uh, I believe uh, in a, a greater power, absolutely. I've experienced greater power. Uh, it's not from a place of being told there is a greater power. It's been a place mm. of seeking and earnestly seeking for that greater power and fully experiencing it um, consistently mm-hmm. uh, and in some pretty, pretty um, milestone places in my life. And mm. my, what is that to me? I am, I am a follower of Jesus. Uh, full stop. Like, and it doesn't mean that um, I'm a Christian and I go to church. I don't go to church, actually. Um, I church is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, church to me is where two or more gather. It says I will also be there. Okay, and that's what Jesus is saying. If two or more gather, I will also be there. So it means Christ consciousness is to to be a follower of Christ, to actually do what Christ did, and that means to love. Do your best to love unconditionally. Do your best to serve others. Do your best. To, to help out and to, to earnestly encourage and, and support people. Um, and that's what it is. Like it's a, it's a place of encouragement. So regardless of where I am, I'm also supported by, by Christ to bring mm-hmm. that wherever I go. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like I've, I've done a lot of unlearning religiosity and a lot of learning in my own step and my own faith to what I see it as. So is in your sense of the greater power, is it Jesus Christ or is it something that Jesus Christ is connected to? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And I think uh, the latter on that one, yeah. um, Jesus, like, you know, we talk in, in the, the Bible, we talk about the Holy Trinity. You've got God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but they're all in one. Okay. But they're separate in how they actually work with you. Okay, so I believe there is a greater power, God and Jesus and Holy Spirit. And mm. I do believe in angelics and I do believe in all this stuff. There is just a huge power in that. Mm. Um, but I believe there is, for me personally, I believe it comes from one source um, and it, the greatest of source. And I believe that's God. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. it's, a, it's an interesting concept, but I've, always I mean, working I've on it. I've heard your, yeah, yeah, totally. I've heard your experiences personally, obviously through your stories, and it's like been, I've just been glued to your whole story. I'm just like, are you serious, bro? Like, really, that happened? And you're like, yes, that happened. I'm like, fuck off. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm actually, I think 100% of the men already in, interviewed on this Woke Man series have all said yes to that answer and have all believed that it is something greater outside of Jesus Christ and that there is like a universal web that is, is controlling this. So it's been a really beautiful experience to see the different perspectives on, you know, what that one thing is. And you yeah. know what? It's all through experience, man. That's all we can say. And you've had these amazing experiences that have led you to this. And um, I've uh, certainly had similar yeah. experiences. I think just, just in the concept of it, it's a greater source. And there's even our, like, I don't know if people will see this recording, but our, our, our hands are showing that it's like without, like it's external. It's up yeah. here somewhere. Yeah. But it's actually, it's actually God within us. Mm. So it's, it's not out there somewhere. It's actually within. Mm. And so when we can actually come to the truth of who we are, then that connection of, of, consciousness and, and God can actually be connected. We don't have to go out and do anything. We don't need to be, do have to achieve anything differently. 
we are loved just as we are. Yeah. Because they, it sees us for the fullness of who we are. It's just like just all it's trying to do, like I said, is just trying to unconditional love is to remind us. You don't need to go do that. You don't need to stop doing what you're doing. Just wake up to who you are and connect with me. I'm right here. Like yeah. the power of God, the power of that universal energy is within us. We just need to wake up to that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, brother. Well, thank you for that. That's the quick fire questions. Now we're going to get into the, the juicy stuff. Cool. We're going to start with the main questions. Going to go into your story of from conscious to unco- uh, from unconscious to conscious. <laughs> Maybe back to unconscious and then back again. Yeah, they, yeah there's, a, there's a few up and downs. Yeah, yeah there, there always is. Um, the first question is, brother, what what did your life look like as as unwork? I use the term unwork, and what's it look like now? Yeah, so I think the unwork was just being a good boy, mm-hmm. like doing all the right things that I was told was the right things to, to be rewarded, to be, to receive love. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had a, you know, really a good upbringing, good family, nothing wrong with there, but, um, I wasn't a very intellectual person, not really good at school, but I was really good at sports. And so I just would work my butt off in sports all the time. And I wasn't really aware of spirit. I wasn't really aware of the human body or consciousness or thoughts. Uh, until I, I, you know, played ice hockey for Australia uh, many years. I traveled around the world, very competitive, lived in Canada for a year, uh, but I've had many injuries as well. And through, through the injuries, uh, I had to stop. Uh, I've had three left shoulder reconstructions. And on my third uh, con- uh, reconstruction, the doctor said, you just have to stop, mate. And that's because I was just reaching my prime. I didn't know what was going on. But at that moment, I, I hit a, a state of depression and I never knew what depression was. I, we think we know, but until you go through it, like I'm like, oh, but I've got a good family, you know, even though I'm not playing sport anymore and I'm studying, I'm doing a double degree, like I've got nothing to be depressed about. But why I was depressed is because I was no longer doing what I loved. I felt like I lost a big part of my identity. Mm. And it was in that moment that I went, I, the doctor diagnosed me with depression and gave me the, the, the subscription prescription, sorry, to, um, antidepressants. I had a really key moment discussion with my father and I had a lot of shame when I had to go tell my dad that his son has been diagnosed with depression and he, he was very calming and nurturing in that conversation, but he was very exactly what a father needed to be to me at that moment. He said to me, he's like, Mitch, you have two options if you want to take antidepressants because he knew what antidepressants can do and a side effect wise. You have two options. And this is what woke me up to a consciousness of more so personal development and understanding my thoughts, actually all this type of stuff. He said, option one, if you feel like you really need these drugs to help with your mental state, you can have them, but you can't live in this household if you do. And I was 21. Shit. at that time and i was just like uh what's option two <laughs> like, <laughs> and <laughs> and i was like and you're, you're already depressed it's really hard to make it a positive decision for yourself when you're in a very deep yeah. state of depression he's an option two and he pulled out his bible and gave it to me and in that moment i still remember i grabbed it and i threw it at him and i said i don't want a bar of it mm. like it's you know it's not fair because I was victimhood mentality. Mm. You know, if God loved me, why am I the one getting injured? Why is this happening? Why, why, why me? Why me? Why me? 
why is this happening to me? Okay. And then he said, okay, if you don't want to read that, let me ask you a question of why you're depressed. And it was just this really most profound thing my dad, dad ever asked me. He's like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? Wow. I'm like, why does that even, I'm like, why does that even matter? And he's like, answer the questions. All right. I'm like, I'm only reading, you know, finance and international business study books. Cause that's what I was studying. Um, I'm only watching, you know, I think I was watching like back then it was like one tree hill and dramas and all that type of stuff, like just crap teen stuff. Um, then like listening to just like gangster hip hop. Cause I'm, I'm so with, <laughs> with that type of stuff. I do love my hip hop still. Um, awesome. I was hanging out. I was just hanging out with hockey, my hockey team that I couldn't play, but I was just getting drunk with them. Wow. And so uh, he's just like, okay, so do you think that's good for your mental health? He's like, so that's junk, that's junk, that's junk, that's junk. If you, if you consume junk, you're going to be junk, full stop. And I just never, it just doesn't get taught. Like I was like, okay, yeah. no worries. And so he's like, and then he gave me a book by Zig Ziglar. Okay. He's like one of the godfathers of personal development back in the day. And I read it and like, I was just like, why has no one told me this? Like no one's told me about like personal development and working on yourself and your thoughts and creating good habits and gratitude and all this type of stuff. And that's when it woke up to me. Like I then got consciousness of my thoughts. So it was in that moment I was 21. Wow. That's fucking cool. Yeah. And so that, that led you now to having more awareness of yourself and your thoughts. And that's how obviously your life shifted more to going, okay, you said it here, what's happening for me, not to me. Yeah, and then like that obviously kind of got onto the what I call like an egotistical personal development road. Okay. Like it's I think personal development we can get caught up in that. Yeah. That totally. we have to we have to keep it's it's hard that like we have to stay positive and stay positive and stay positive. Like no, you're allowed to be you're allowed to go through stuff. Um, you're allowed to go through some you know traumas and that's okay. That's part of life. But you know personal development is no 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 like. You know, you've got to be this good person and you've got to write your goals and you've got to do this. And, you, and I was like, that can be exhausting as well. Cause if you don't, then you put this pressure mm. and you can end up sabotaging yourself, mm. which happened again for me, uh, back in 2000 and I think it was like 15, um, where I ended up healing myself. I got really good and then I gone back and playing hockey and played a really big tournament, uh, here in Australian tournament, massive. It was one of my best, best performances ever. But I got hit badly. I got purposely targeted, hit badly, and I ended up going to hospital. Crushed three of my my cervical discs, so uh, C4, 5, and 6. Dislocated both my shoulders um, and just massive bruising all over Mm. my body. Um, And from that point was the best journey that ever happened to me. It was the best thing. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me, yet the best thing that ever happened to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, because it was I was in chronic nerve pain. So it happened in 2013, but for two and a half years I was in chronic nerve pain. And no matter what personal development I put in my head, it wasn't working mm. because I was so tired. I was in so much pain. It was just it was it was a different thing that this reading self help books was not doing it for me. Yeah, and I was like, I'm I'm now got severely. So I was taking heaps of pain medication. I wasn't like. I endone a day. I was on Lyrica. Mm. I was on Targan. I was a, I was a functioning pharmaceutical drug addict wow. while working. Um, and just, it was, it was awful. And I ended up getting to a point where they wanted to do surgery on me, want to fuse my discs, but for the three discs they wanted to fuse and the surgery that was, they said, and I was 26 at the time. They said, uh, 
look, it's, I said, what's the risk? He said, it's 25% chance of you becoming a quadriplegic. And I was just like, that's one in four, man. Like, mm. at 26, I'm going to risk potentially becoming a quadriplegic so I don't have to be in pain anymore. Mm. And it was a scary time. Like, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to try healing myself. And I just tried everything for a year and nothing was working. And I got worse and worse on the drugs. Um, lots, like, I became a shell of myself. I was very sick, in a lot of pain. And I just got to the point where I became very suicidal. You know, that's what pharmaceutical drugs as a side effect can do, particularly these hardcore painkillers. Yeah. They mess up with the biochemistry and the neurotransmitters within your brain. And I became severely depressed and also suicidal. Yeah. I was thinking about taking my life constantly. And there was one night where it got to the point where I just was looking at every tree on the road and I was flying down the road in the car, not caring about anyone else's safety. That's how selfish I was about just wanting the thing. And I just felt this still voice in that chaotic moment, go to the beach. Um, wow. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go to the beach. And in that moment, I just had it with the higher power. I lost it. I let all this pent up energy, frustration, anger, victimhood mentality come out of me. And in that moment, I just was on my knees crying and crying and crying. I said, why won't you heal me? Why am I going through this? I got goosebumps saying this because it was just a huge moment. Because I know I truly believe in miraculous healing. I truly believe in this. Um, but why wasn't I being healed? And in that moment, I felt a huge embrace of energy, like I was being hugged, mm. like the, the, just the love that over it was like an overwhelming love and a peace beyond my own understanding. And basically, mm. just said, "Miracles don't provide maturity." Wow! You're asking wow. for a miracle. I can give it to you, but you won't mature. I want to mature you. I want to grow you through this. I want to support you through this. I've got wow. you. I've never left you. I'll never forsake you. And I was like, "Oh my god." This is happening for me, not to me. Miracles don't provide and, maturity. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful, dude. That's so powerful. So, I mean, that's painted a friggin' awesome picture of your journey, man. And I think we'll touch mm. on that in a couple of questions on, on one part of that particular journey because I know that that was, you know, there was one of the lowest points of your life in there. But for the this, this next question is during that period, did you have a vice that you were constantly seeking or what was your biggest vice in that period? To get away from that pain that I was feeling? Yeah, and even in like that con- unconscious journey of, you know, where you didn't really understand your thoughts, was there something that you were like always seeking or maybe it was just through that pain period? Yeah, I think for me it definitely was pornography mm-hmm. um, because like I never wanted to bring a woman into the pain of the existence that I was experiencing. Okay. I never wanted to, I, I had my guard up. I'm like, why would, first of all, why, why would anyone want to be with someone who's in chronic pain all the time um, and is a miserable person? So I was like, well, I'm not, I'm, I don't have the energy to court someone. I don't have the energy to attract someone. And I felt very lonely. Not many people can understand what chronic pain is because it's an invisible thing. No one can see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, sometimes I craved affection and that that was for me it was the only way i got it Mm -hmm. and so that vice turned into an addiction for sure for me um Mm. and it has been it has been a battle um you know throughout a lot of my my early teens 
because yeah. uh, it started off as something just normal that all the guys did at hockey and then when I couldn't play hockey and then it just became a massive addiction for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that's a huge part of one of the huge vices for men, hey, is that porn, porn use, man. It's still a big, big factor in a lot of people's lives at the moment. Um, mm. in, so through that period, like, which, which emotion challenged you most? I've got five that I use for, like, that's most common in men. That's anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, anger. Which one of those challenged you most? I'd say fear, you know, it's coming from someone who was like the fittest person on the team who had their life together, was the most positive, energetic, smiling person. And then just in a moment, in one freak accident, I could no longer be that person, Mm. like physically. Um, And, you know, like I said, I was not an academic person. I was an active person and that just got taken away from me. So the fear of not knowing who I was the fear of like that huge part of that investment of most of my childhood from like the age of 11. Like that's when I started playing this sport to up to this time. And now that's gone. Mm. The fear of like, who am I without this? Like I'm, and that's where the depressive state kicked in. Cause I'm like, I lost, I lost who I was, mm. who I thought I was in an ego. I was building a very um, physical uh, house on a, a a finite world like interesting i wasn't building the truth to spiritual foundation that i've Mm. started to learn about so yeah it was a lot of fear massive fear yeah and and did you ever contribute that to something that happened in your past yeah like yeah absolutely because you know when you know we all as as you know from the ages from zero to seven you know we're very self-absorbed okay and the world revolves around us you know we always think that you know, if we do something and something happens, it's because of us. Yeah. And so I never got the attention that I would wanted to get from my father. I never got that proud moment. My dad was a great dad, but he worked a lot and he was very distant. And that's how he shared love to us. You know, it was mm-hmm. through his work and being a provider. And, you know, for me also is, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't a cool kid. All right. I wasn't this really cool kid. My older brother was cool. He knew everyone. Um, so the only thing that I got accolades for is if I achieved in sport, if I achieved in exertion. Mm. Okay. And so I was afraid that if I didn't do these things, I would be no one. Mm. And that, like I someone, would be nothing. that someone would get you recognition. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 So that's why I invested all my eggs in my basket. Yeah. To then that basket completely being a brick, uh, like just destroyed. Yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting concept. So, so losing losing who you had worked so hard to become was basically, in your sense, losing your father's love. Yeah. Like, not going to lie, man. When I went through that pain and journey, my dad couldn't understand it. Like, we got to the point where we argued so much that he was going to write me out of his will. Jesus. Wow. Like he got he got he got nuts, man. Um but you know, and he my dad was either very money driven or religious driven. Mm. And I didn't well, I couldn't do either. I didn't want the other I didn't want any of them. So like it was just to the point where we had no relationship at all. Mm. Uh, and it scared me. And, um, and have you found forgiveness for that now? Oh totally, hundred percent. My dad and I are real close. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's really cool, man. So this drives into the next question. I think that this answers it. Who, whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to, to get it? Was that that situation? Yeah, my dad, yeah. Yeah, like I always got it from my mum. Yeah. Like my my mum was the, the best mum ever. Like, yeah. but the one I craved it from was the one I wasn't getting it from. That was my father. Yeah, well, um, and so that led you to becoming that superior athlete to, you know, impress, to be someone. Yeah, to succeed. so so he could be proud of me. I think there's a lot, I think a lot of men want that. Mm. Like we crave that. Like mm-hmm. we like we want our fathers to be proud of us, mm-hmm. and when we get that, oh my gosh, it's such a good feeling. Yes, but the thing is, just like what I call the heavenly father, okay, the actual my true, true, true father, the the creator, is proud of me regardless. Yeah, just because I am its creation mm-hmm. in all its all its beauty. It's like, hey, I'm you're, I'm just proud of you. Like, look at you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel that, man. Yeah. I feel that. That's really yeah. beautiful. So uh, next question, I mean, I think you've already answered this. Explain the lowest point in your life and, and discuss whether and, and let us know if, if suicide was a factor in that point. Yeah, I think I touched on it briefly there. But, yeah, it was, it was the lowest point where I was at the beach because um, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like this one moment was like, oh, I feel like I, right now I've hit a suicidal moment. I'm going to take my life. Like I was in that state for a long time, like six months. Um, and it was just it took this one thing. I remember going to dinner with my little brother. I was in a lot of pain uh, with a, another, with a, a friends of ours. And at that moment, my little brother was full of passion for what he was doing, agricultural science. And then they were just going on. And I was just there miserable, like no passion, no zest for life. And I'm just like, I'm dragging everyone down here. Mm. Like it's no longer about me. So I'm being a burden on everyone else. Mm. And that, that really hurt me because I never want to be a burden on people. Like it's Mm -hmm. just something that I've always like, because I, again, as a young boy in my family dynamic, my parents argued a lot. And so what I did was like, shut up, be good, be quiet. Don't make any, don't, don't make the situation worse. Don't be a burden. Be a good boy. Make the situation better, right? And so when I got to the point where I was feeling like I was making the situation worse for everyone, man, that hit me hard. And so that's when I was just like, I'm done. And the only thing that stopped me was family. Like I couldn't, I just rolled in my head. I'm like, I was seeing my funeral. I was seeing my mom crying. I was seeing my dad just like, my dad shut off and like completely going off on his own and like my mum and dad splitting up because of me. Like I saw all this play out in my head. I'm like, I'm bringing more pain if I do it. Yes, I'm a burden at the moment, but I'm going to bring more burden if I actually take my life. And I just, it really had to reflect on that in, in that moment. But yeah, it was really dark. And like that's, mm. that's being said, like once that moment on the beach happened and I felt the embrace of God, like I said, you've hit the lowest point. Um, it's really hard to measure what the lowest point in your life is. There's always, there's always lows. Mm. Um, and you know, that being said, like have since then, have I gone through another journey and gone through depression and some suicidal inclinations? Yes, I have. I think the reason for that on a, on a health level is now I've created a a neuro pathway in my brain that is easy to go to because it's there. Mm. It's like you've created that. And if, if I have an experience or a trauma that kind of rem- reminds me of the past, it's easy for me to go down that, that state. Yeah. But 
now I have to consciously choose, no, this is happening for me, just like mm. the experience that happened previously. Wow. So, yeah, man, it's definitely been a, a part of my life for sure. Yeah, I respect that, man. It's a, I, I'm so grateful for your um, experiences and, and, and where you are now, you know, like being able to help others go through that. That's It's been really powerful to witness. And mm. so the next question is that, I think this was the example you've just used. It's like you're already answering all the questions in one go. Uh, what, 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 the significant, a significant moment of awakening in this period, was that at the beach where you were just like you were connected to what you perceive as God and in that moment were like, this is something bigger? That was, I think book. that was, I th- yeah, I think it was the start of that moment. Mm-hmm. Like that moment was a start. That moment was like, a, a new beginning. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I was still in pain in that moment and nothing had changed. It was a perception that I would now have someone greater than me looking after me and reminding me. It was through that journey of, of true discipline and consciousness of going, all right, this shit doesn't serve me. Porn, constant TV, processed foods, all this type of stuff. Um, what's going to serve me? All right, reading truth. Uh, for me, it was at the moment, I'm going to read the Bible for me. I'm not going to read the Bible from someone else talking from a stage. I need to read this and go, hey, God, if, you, if this is your word, help me understand it because I don't get it. Yeah. And so in those moments of just at night, you know, and it was probably the moments where I would be on my knees like two, two hours a day mm. in prayer, in, you know, thankfulness, in praying true identity of me, affirming true identity over me, even though I was in constant pain, affirming that I'm getting stronger every single day in every single way in that journey led to a, a huge awakening that then I, I kind of had sharpened myself. I'd been very clear on who I was, regardless if I was in pain or wasn't in pain, regardless if I was in a bad state or in a good state, regardless if things were, you know, regardless, I knew deep down steadfast who I was yeah. and that I was able to take it on. And, through that knowing myself, man, miracles happened all around me. Uh, and those miracles were probably some of the most enlightening, awakening moments of my life. I was like, oh, wow. holy crap. Like I thought this stuff only happened with <laughs> like monks, like yeah. what's going on. And yeah. I realized that we're all like, like you, me, everyone in this universe uh, is all light. And it's just knowing that we are and having the faith to go out and be that. Mm. Um, and, and just pushing aside, uh, our own self judgments and truly kind of awakening to that, that whisper voice of the most encouraging voice you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. That's reminding of who you are. And I believe that's the voice of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, yeah, it's, I would say that moment on the beach was a starting point, the discipline to actually pursue that and listen to that and, and really cultivate, uh, who I was for months led to the most awakening moment that I am spiritual. I'm just a spirit in this physical suit that is here for a reason. And once I knew the reason that was bigger than me, I'm like, okay, now, now I'm getting it. I'm not here to play hockey. I'm not here to earn a crap load of money. I'm not here to do that. I'm here for a much bigger reason than myself and that's when the consciousness really started arising for me wow so that sharpening of the tool was a progression yeah 
as a progression. Totally, cool. yeah. That's awesome to hear, man. Uh, so was a part of this journey for you, was healing a big part of it? And and if it was, what was the biggest, mod- the, the most useful modality of healing for you? Yeah, healing was the, the huge part of it. Like that, that's that, that message, man, where I just felt in all my heart of hearts that miracles don't provide maturity. Mm. I had to mature. And I was in chronic, chronic pain. I was in a, I was in a condition that's irreversible. Okay. But I had faith. I had the church. I had other people like Mitch, you're losing it. You should go do the surgery. There's no other option. I was like, no, in my, in my, in my, so I had my closest friends. I lost a lot of people in my life because I just believed fully convinced that no, I can heal myself. I just didn't know how. Okay. And I knew that I wasn't going to get this miracle. So I needed to figure out. So I was surrendering all the time. I didn't, I didn't, I used the grace of God and I call grace meaning supernatural empowerment. Mm. Okay. It's not a forgiveness thing. It's just, I need to be supernaturally empowered today to make another step forward in my healing. Mm. And through that, I found many answers and through the healing of myself, uh, the modalities, you asked what the modalities were, a detoxing man, yeah. like full detoxing, fasting, you know, was a big one for me. Um, that really helped to reduce inflammation and actually heal the the discs back into their right spot. Yeah. So, you, and that's ultimately what you do now. But that was um, so healing the detoxing, fasting, like a physical modality, literally shifted your life. So you didn't need the surgery, and you went off all the meds, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. really so, cool, man. You know. It's not something I normally recommend to my clients, but I went cold turkey off my drugs. Um, I just went, nope. I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I want to feel every experience. I don't want to numb yeah. the journey. Um, and it was it was t- it was tough. It was extremely Jesus. tough to the point where even even my parents were telling me to take the drugs sometimes. But and I was in tears, and it was it was ugly, and it was you know something I would never wish on my worst enemy. But it's exactly what I needed for my physical body. Mm-hmm to completely shrink like my, my physical strength to completely go into a place of weakness so that my heart and my spirit can go to complete surrender to a greater strength other than me. Um, and then that's when I could completely rely on God, completely rely on a higher power to help me take on the next day and the next day. And then through that, the transformation of my soul started to happen, which is my mind, Mm. will and emotions. Um, yeah. Wow. It's a journey. Yeah. I agree. Um, and how was your friend group over that process? Did that change at all? Yeah, it changed big time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent success rate on this answer is like, yes, um, it changed. Yeah. yeah. Like if, you, if you're going to evolve, then your environment needs to evolve as well. Um, yeah. You know, and this is the thing, like I tell people, you can't be a disciple in your hometown. Mm. Um you know, because people know you, they know your faults. Like, you know, this is, you know, all my friends, if I started speaking about this stuff, they'd be like, Mitch, like, dude, you're the guy who was, you know, having Coke and drinking all the time. Like, who are you to talk about this type of stuff? Yeah. Like, we know, we know your background. Like, shut up, Mitch, have a beer. I was like, no, no, I'm like, they, wow. they, people don't like people. This is like the tall poppy syndrome. They don't like that. They don't like, it's not that they don't like you. They don't like what you're reflecting back to them, that they need to work on themselves, that they have a lot of other shit. And so their projection, if you stay in that environment, will pull you down. And I remember being with a, 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 a speaker, his name is Nick 
Rick Stewart, big, tall American guy who used to play in the NBA. Um, and he's a self-help kind of dude. But he said to me, um, if you want to be successful in what you want to do, uh, obviously it's like, uh, I think it's Napoleon Hill who says, uh, um, you know, five people you surround yourself is who you're likely to become. Um, and I just, he's like, he's like, you've got to change your environment. You've got to change your friends. And I was like, what if you really like your friends though? Like I loved my hockey mates. I loved it. Just, I could go to my hockey mates and just not have to put on anything, no face. I could just be me. Yeah. Um, but it ultimately wasn't serving me. And he said something pretty profound that I've always used now. He's like, cool. If you can't change that group, just don't go as often and don't stay as long. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's a simple principle I can do. And when I applied that principle through the evolution, I ended up just not, the value systems changed. That's really what happened. I really, and then my values were conflicting with theirs and it wasn't fun anymore. And I felt like I was an alien in the group and I wasn't connecting. So I just, in the, in the process of me evolving and me becoming more conscious, I became very lonely. Um, like very lonely. No, I didn't, couldn't really connect with anyone. Um, but I, I connected with complete random strangers, like complete random strangers and completely love them. I love me back. But friendships was, was very limited. And yeah. particularly when you go through a trauma, when you go through a time in your life that you just like, you feel like you've hit rock bottom, you will know who your friends are. Yeah. Like, I was surprised. I thought it was surprised. Like, yeah. Now this person's going to come around. Never heard from them. Yeah. And it's not, and now I forgive them. Like I was very bitter about it, but people get busy. People yeah. are busy. They're in their own life. They're in their own, own movie of their life. And that's yeah. okay. Um, but when you evolve, it's like the people that you attract into your life, it's just like aligned. Like yeah. you and me, like you and me, Luca, like we yeah. caught up and instantly like last year in Bali, like, yeah. I'm like, who's, who's, who's this? Where's my brother been all my life? This is yeah. my brother. You know, totally, it's just yeah. clicks. And that's how it shifts, doesn't it? You shift into those more whole fulfilling, deeper relationships that pretty much it's like, like attracts like, right? Like you, who you become is who you attract or who you are is who you attract, whatever it is. It's like, you know, like I didn't have friends like you growing up, man. Um, I didn't have my, like my friends were all tits and ass type guys. And that's okay, mate. I'm going to be honest, love tits and ass, but (laughs) it's the deeper, more philosophical, fulfilling questions, the curiosity to life and acceptance of who we truly are, who you are. Do I accept you for all your, you know, your faults? And do I allow you to speak your faults and help support you through that? You know, to me, that's where the friendships shift. You know, you shift into more deeper, fulfilling, meaningful relationships. Yeah. I think on that note, when you build your values up, uh, you also build up like you're like, what uh, I use now as a term called your honor code and understanding that if a friend is not treating you the way, you know, like how you, you, you should be treated, you speak up. Mm-hmm. okay and and sometimes you need to burn bridges or just like okay our friend that that kind of friendship that connection yeah. coming to an end and that's okay and i i remember when you actually know your truth and you know your value it's easier to do yeah uh, but we're scared that we don't want to upset people we yeah. don't want to offend people and it gets to the point where well are you being a people pleaser or are you going to live in your true value yeah, and totally. i remember i remember the one example friend from high school, like from the age, from year eight, and I'm still, we're still really good friends, but there was a moment that she would always bail on me. She was like, you know, I called her Batman, like Christian Bale, bailed all the time. Yeah. 
And like, just, like, I remember like, it got to the point where I remember she was going to come over for dinner. I made dinner, right? Made dinner, bought wine, ready to chill out. Just didn't hear from her. Just texting mm-hmm. her, where are you? Called her, where are you? Nothing. Whoa. And I was just like, what the? And I was like, I'm getting over this. And then I just didn't come, didn't come, didn't hear from her at all that night. In the morning, nothing, nothing. In the afternoon, I finally get a text. Like, I text, I'm like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, I called her up and said, what was that about? And I just said, look, no one of my friends ever treats me like that. I'm okay if, you need, if your plans change. You need to let me know. Like that's, I'm like, and I, and I'm, I'm giving you one warning. Like this is my rule now. If like, if you bail on me again without any warning, lose my number. Mm. And she was like, you can't be serious. I'm like, I'm dead set serious. I don't want people like that in my life. Wow. And she's, and sometimes we have to, to be our best self. Sometimes we kind of need to be a bit, you know, get our warrior on and just be like, nope, that's not how I allow my kingdom, my, my area yeah. of how I want to live my life. I don't accept that behavior. Yeah. Okay. But when we can be real to our friends in love and say, hey, I love you. This is not how I want to be treated anymore. I'm giving you fair warning. What's yeah. the consequence if you do that again? And that's and a wake-up call. Never, she never did it again, ever. Yeah. But because I think when we don't say anything to a particular situation or a behavior in our life, we're promoting it. Yeah. It's our fault. Man. Yeah, totally. totally. But as and soon as we it. step up and express it, yeah. And that's it. It comes from a place of love too, you know? Like I think we've oh, got to yeah. be fully understanding of who they are, that they're just like they, – they don't know a certain amount of things in their life or they have never experienced that. So if you do not say something, then are you actually doing a disservice to that person's evolution? Yes. I agree. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you are. So anyway, that's a good, that's a good, uh, good point, bro. Now, we've got two more questions wrapping this thing up. What part of you, your conscious journey are you most grateful for, man? What part of me am I most grateful for in my consciousness journey? I think it's, 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 I actually am most grateful for the harder times. The, the times that, you know, you ideally wouldn't want to be going through. Uh, because they actually help me to to really cultivate the essence of who I am, mm. um, to build me up. Like, for example, you know, I, I use it in a sporting analogy. Like, if I was to play a hockey game against an easy team, it would just, I wouldn't perform very well. Mm-hmm. But when I play a, a team that's way better than me, I, I, I play better. Mm. I step up. You know, just like if you're going at a warrior that goes out of battle, like they're going to, to, to learn from those experiences, come back better, okay? Mm-hmm. Get better at their, their craft, get better at what they're doing. So I actually am really grateful for the harder times. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you know that I've been going through some hard times recently. Um, but when we can't see the blessing in it, we're easy to get into the victim state and we can be stuck there. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll, and guess what the universe, and I, I, maybe your listeners may agree with this or not, but the universe will keep bringing the same lesson in a different vehicle until we upgrade. Completely agree. So Completely. that's probably my, that's what I am so grateful for is those upgrades Yeah. is those lessons yeah. in the, in the, the trying times. Yeah, man. Yeah. Amen to that brother. Now, um, last question. 
What's one tip you would give your old self who's just starting this journey? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Being too serious will create silliness. Uh, So just enjoy the journey and trust because you'll get there. Enjoy the journey and trust that you'll get there. Yeah. Because, like, it's literally when, for me, I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist, if you call that. Okay? Is that what you call OCD? Not OCD. I'm not an OCD person. But I am, I have a lot of, I used to have a lot of performance anxiety. Okay. Okay? From a young kid all the way up to, you know, still sometimes feel it, that I should be doing better. I, I have to do things. And when we come from that place of anxiety and stress, well, you know, your frequencies of your body aren't going to be operating very great either. Mm. Um, so when we come to the place of just being easier on myself, like that's the, that's the lesson, like be easy on yourself, have fun during the process and trust that you will ultimately live out the life you're meant to. Yeah. Like wow. that's it. And it's just like when, it, cause I've been doing that and mate, like just the past it. two weeks, just trust and things have just started to change and yeah. as soon as you get to the place of gratefulness for those challenging times rather than forcing it you know i let go and i let flow get into yeah. a place of flow rather than force Poor things just happen yeah this and is did, crazy isn't that isn't that what something you've done implemented is uh d- daily gratitude for the last two weeks yes yes my my brother luca <laughs> this man right here has just kind of just called me out he's just like you're not being grateful, you know, and maybe you should get back to the simple task of gratitude. And this is the hard thing is, is where ego comes in because I've done a lot of personal development work. I've been through a journey where I've evolved an upgrade. And then I've gone through another trauma where my dad has been extremely sick and almost died from cancer. And then, you know, I've gone through a massive business uh, breakup and a relationship breakup. And I'm just like, I got stuck in a victimhood mentality and I wasn't looking forward to anything. I was like, mm-hmm. woe is me. This sucks. This is too hard. I can't be bothered. Apathy spirit kicked in and you're like, start a gratitude journal. I'm like, nah, that's not going to work. But three days and I just started noticing how quickly the, my perception of my reality changed and I've added something else into it as well, man. Like my, I've started being conscious of my language Mm. and I was saying I wasn't looking forward to anything. There was no passion, no zest for life. And I was like, I'm, I don't look forward to my days anymore. Like I noticed myself saying that out loud. And if you say that, remember, words create our worlds. My body is yeah. in full agreement with that. Yeah. So every time I woke up, I felt heavy. I felt tired. I felt sluggish because my body thought, well, there's nothing to look forward to. What's the point in getting out of bed? Yeah. All right. So at night now, I write, I can't fucking wait for xyz yeah so if he's like last night i was like last night i was like i can't fucking wait to have a chat with luca mm, it's gonna be sick awesome. it's gonna be great sick. it's gonna be real and that. i'm just like so th- then i've got something to look forward to yeah but it's always aligned with my values yeah and so and it's only took two weeks man it's been a huge change yeah i can already tell man and it's like it's, it's ultimately mm. you're the one in charge of your actions i can only recommend something you can only listen to this podcast but the the end result is a matter of you taking the action in those moments where you're like the lowest of lowest, where no one gives two fucks about you or you think that, and then they're like, what's the point? And then you're feeling so shit and so down. The only way you get out of it is by you taking the right action to get yourself out of it. 
only you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to so many things, you can read the personal development books, you can have a mate that says something, but you've got to take the action to write in the gratitude journal. You've got to take the action to go to the beach. You've got to take the action to get in the sun. You've got to take the action to drink more water. It's, it's all in your hands. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to have the courage to pull yourself out of that pit and rise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Courage. It does take a lot of courage. Yeah. Because there's sure. a fear. There's a fear in that. That what if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Which just which just kind of amplifies the story in your head that it's you're not good enough. Yeah. Like it's 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 always going to be the same. See, I told you so. And so there's that fear. So you have to have feel that fear and do it anyway, which is courage to just take that simple action and do do whatever it is for you whether it be a gratitude that thing at night meditation going for walks getting more active eating healthier whatever it is for you mm-hmm. like just do that and i think really for me it's just coming back to who you are yeah. and for me i think it's a value system and identity so i think that's what consciousness kicks in is is know thyself yeah i think anytime i go off path is because i've forgotten who i am yeah man fucking oath yeah know thyself brother well, that's been an absolute pleasure to interview you, man, and to get your story on down on paper, so to speak. And uh, it's going to be awesome when this drops and 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 gets out to the listeners. And those people that are really going to need this are the ones that will resonate with your story the most. And it's been a beautiful yeah. journey, brother. It's been beautiful to witness in the period that I've known you, and and I can't wait to see you expand even further, man. I love you, man. Thank you so much. And I just want to I just want to quickly just say uh, how grateful I am to you. Uh, so people do know that what Luca does is incredible. Um, I'm part of his uh, group called Momentum, and that's been a huge... I was going through a rut, and this man, just as a brother, not telling me what to do, but just reminding me of who I am, reminding me of the stories and the connections that we've had, um, is exactly what a brother does, exactly what a conscious man does. Mm. There's no judgment, but it's just calling us back up, and you've done that for me this past you know month or two. And I just want to just say thank you so much, mate. You're more than welcome, brother. You're more than welcome. Like I said, you had to take the action anyway. But, uh, you know, the same respect goes, man, for sure. And thank you to everyone for listening to the Walkman series. This one will be out in your ears whenever it is. Just share this message with the lads, eh? Thank you very much. Absolutely. Take care. Bless you heaps. Won't man, bring love and just be I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be